everyone. Welcome back to episode 22 of A Couple of Creeps. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Morgan, and I'm joined by my co-host, Colin. Say hi, Colin. Howdy. And this week, I have a secondary co-host. He's been in here a few times, but everybody, welcome back. The one and only, Chris. Tis I, the prophet. (laughs) (laughs) The disciple. The disciple. (laughs) The chosen one. No, in reality, Chris walked by and I said, hey, grab a mic. Yeah, get I said, yeah. Not the chosen one, just a chosen one. Just, unfortunately. <laughs> a chosen, a yeah. chosen one. <laughs> he was walking to get a get a drink out of the fridge. You were chosen, but you're, it's not like the chosen one. <laughs> he was seen. That's it. He was yeah. seen. He was seen. But anyway, this is the show where we talk about all things creepy, whether that's creatures, killers, or just crazy people or places. If it gives you goosebumps, we want to talk about it. Yeah, we do. We do. I do. And this week, I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna give a little forewarning. It does get kind of gruesome. Sick. That's why I like to hear. At some parts in this, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because we're gonna talk about a cult. Okay. The cult is the Anthill Kids. The Anthill Kids. Yes. If you're talking about the simply whelmed religion, <laughs> I think that's not a cult. Yeah. We're not there yet. <laughs> not not yet. But yes, we're talking about the Anthill Kids, and just as a forewarning, it gets kind of graphic and gruesome. So please feel free to skip it, but give me a like at the same time. <laughs> yeah, just turn the volume down and leave it on while you drive somewhere. <laughs> exactly. That's, that's, I like your train of thought. I like it. download. You know? I like it. I like it. But if you guys are ready, we'll, we'll get to talking about the Anthill Kids. Yeah. Let's talk about the Garbage Pail Kids. Garbage Pail. Cabbage Patch. Okay. Yep. Boxcar Kids. <laughs> so... The name I'm about to say is the leader of the Anthill Kids, okay? Okay. Roach Thoreau. Roach Thoreau? Yeah, the All Canadian. Right. Okay. <laughs> that explains it. Was the maniacal leader of the Anthill Kids, a small group that initially appeared to be an innocent community of free-thinking folks who supported themselves through self-sufficiency in their commune in the quaint Canadian wilderness. However... Life inside the commune was much more disturbing than anybody could ever have fathomed. Torture, abuse, you name it. So let's Jesus. Yeah. <laughs> like the just like picking a picking a piece of paper from a hat. Yeah. <laughs> yeah what's today gonna be? Yeah. What do we got today? Oh, a little abuse. A little abuse, a little bit of torture, but there's a potluck afterwards. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, we brought donuts and cookies. <laughs> Deborah made her famous buffalo chicken dip. <laughs> oh. No. Oh. Debbie, cut it out, Debbie. <laughs> you cannot be bringing that I mean, in here. Uh-uh. Debbie, after we're done torturing you, <laughs> we're going to enjoy that dip. We're going to enjoy that buffalo dip, but you're going to lose a pinky today. Yeah. yeah. Roach Thoreau was born in the Saguenay Valley of Quebec in 1947 to Hyacinth and Pierre Thoreau. According to Thoreau, his father would be abusive towards him throughout his childhood. However, the elder Thoreau would staunchly deny these claims. Thoreau dropped out of school at just 13 years old and developed an obsession with the apocalypse in the Old Testament, especially the strict code of masculine authority. While Thoreau was raised Catholic, he converted to the Seventh-day Advent Church and followed their way of life. Okay. He relinquished alcohol, tobacco, and processed foods. His time with the church, however, was short-lived, and he was removed after attempting to gain leadership. Right on. Whoa. They were like, yeah, this guy, is, he's too hungry. We gotta get him out of here. <laughs> we, we gotta get out. We gotta. <laughs> he's too hungry. While Thoreau was removed from the church, he had already managed to secure himself a number of followers. 
By the mid-1970s, Thoreau had convinced himself that he was the people's savior. He strongly believed that he was put on earth by God to save the world from evil and the upcoming apocalypse. Thoreau now had a new goal, to create a free-thinking commune while his acolytes would listen to his teachings and live as equals. Did he ever specify what he thought the apocalypse was going to be? Not really. Just, just the yeah. The end of the world Classic, is coming. Uh, the rapture. Rapture, yeah. Yeah. I'm sure. The end's coming <clears throat> and... Gabriel's trumpets. <laughs> Have you heard them? Can you hear them? Pretty much. Gabriel's trumpet is sounding. Pretty much. Have you heard it? He forced his followers to abandon their homes and abandon their families Mm -hmm. after convincing them that the world and their loved ones were corrupt. Thoreau and his followers lived according to his personal representation of the Bible, and they accepted him as their God. Jesus. Holy smokes. By 1978, Thoreau's delusions had grown exponentially, and he predicted that the world would end in February of 1979. Okay. To prepare for the apocalypse, Thoreau and his followers, four men, nine women, and four children, moved to Eternal Mountain near the gas village of St. George's. Here, the group built a commune of tents and log cabins. However, February of 1979 came and went, and the apocalypse didn't materialize. Lo and behold. According to Thoreau, the world didn't end because of the differences in the Israelite calendar and the Roman Catholic calendar. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Soon enough, life in the commune had become bizarre. Thoreau had wanted to increase his followers and did so by marrying all of his females within the commune and impregnating them. Yep, that's typical. He fathered 20 children by nine different women. Holy smokes. Thoreau had a maniacal streak that triggered brutal punishments in 1981. Trigger warning here. In 1981, he sliced open the penis of a two-year-old Samuel Gilgery after the young boy had difficulty urinating. When Samuel wouldn't stop crying after the so-called surgery, Thoreau ordered one of his followers, Guy Veer, to beat the young boy who, sub- who subsequently died from his injuries. Jesus. In a bid to conceal the death, the commune then set the boy's body on fire. As punishment... Thoreau castrated Veer and ordered his followers to say that Veer had been trampled by a horse. Nevertheless, the truth came out and police raided the commune and discovered the charred body of Samuel. Thoreau and eight others were arrested and charged with criminal negligence, causing bodily harm. They were all subsequently released. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Jesus. Yeah. The Quebec police really fumbled the bag on that. Mm Mm-hmm. Can't oh. do the time, don't do the crime. Yeah. Yeah. All right, you're good to go. Well, you're <laughs> See you, good Chief. To go. Following the releases, Thoreau and his followers established a community near Burnt River, Ontario. Here, Thoreau ruled over his followers, including 26 children, most, ru- most who were his own. Oh, my God. And his remaining followers who remained loyal during his incarceration. Here, his followers supported themselves by making maple syrup, preserves, bread, and smoking fish. Thoreau compared his followers to ants working on an anthill. Thus, the yeah, anthill kids were yeah. born. This guy's a wacko. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's a little uh, nuts. Yeah. While initially the commune appeared to mesh within the community, 
Thoreau began drinking heavily, and his drinking increased, so did his violence. Mm. He exerted control over his followers in cruel ways, and they were too weak, both physically and mentally, to escape. Yeah. He forbade them from speaking to each other without his permission and conducted gladiator tournaments. Jesus. Holy shit. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm sorry. I, we just got to pause for a second. Imagine just... You've devoted your life to this person. You think they're God, and they just got their gut out drinking a bush light. Yeah, and they're <laughs> like... This drinking heavily. Like, all right, uh, Stephen, <clears throat> Pammy, you guys are going to fight to the death. <laughs> Have at it. Yeah. Go. During these tournaments, Thoreau would... The, the man's name is Roach. Yeah. <laughs> if that ain't God, then I don't want yeah. it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Roach. During these tournaments, Thoreau would force his followers, 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 his followers, his followers into a dirt ring and fight. He became increasingly paranoid that his followers were thinking of defecting and became more violent. Thoreau, first of all, hit his followers with belts, but soon introduced hammers in the flat side of an axe. Oh my God! Holy shit! Breaking makes me fingers. think of The Last of Us, mm-hmm. uh, Part Two. When the uh, what do they call them the the cult that's there mm-hmm. in Seattle? Oh, and they're, they break the girl's arm yeah. with a hammer. Yeah, oh, they yeah. Uh, talking about clipping her clipping wings. Clipping her wings. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Oh, if Thoreau thought Good that call. a yeah, if Thoreau thought that a follower was thinking of leaving the commune, he would suspend them from the ceiling and pluck their hairs out one by one before hmm? defecating on them. Oh my God. I've never heard of this man. No. Thoreau even had his followers prove their loyalty by breaking their own legs with sledgehammers. In addition, he ordered his followers to sit on lit stoves, shoot each other in the shoulder, smear feces on one another, and cut off each other's toes. What the fuck? And like people just did this? People just did this. Thoreau also took to sexually abusing his followers and forcing them to eat their own feces. What the fuck? It's just all power moves, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. I'm like, I, I can make them do this. Even the children in the commune weren't exempt from violence or sexual abuse. They would be stripped naked and whipped, and if one allegedly mis- misbehaved, Thoreau would, nail, Thoreau would nail them to a tree and force the other children to throw rocks at them. Jeez. Then one evening during a blizzard, a mother placed her newborn baby outside, allegedly to escape from Thoreau's violent outburst. The baby died from the cold. The death led to the investigation, and in 1987, 14 children were removed from the commune and placed in the foster homes. While this could have ended his regimen of abuse, children's aid were only interested in saving the children and not seeking justice for the cult. So the commune continued with just two men and eight women. Following the removal of the children, Thoreau became even more violent. While drunk, he believed he was a doctor who could perform medical acts on his followers. One evening, he placed a rubber band around the testicles of one follower. The scrotum became swollen and infected after around eight hours, and Thoreau removed the testicle and cauterized the wound with a hot iron. Oh, Oh my God. God. Then, in September of 1988, he ordered Solange Bulliard onto the kitchen table and stripped her naked. Earlier in the day, she complained about a sore stomach. Thoreau punched Bulliard in the stomach and then shoved a plastic tube up her rectum and performed an enema with molasses and olive oil. What the fuck? 
He then made an incision on the side of her abdomen and pulled out a section of her intestine with his bare hands. He then ripped a piece of the intestine out and stuffed the rest back in her abdomen. Bulliard was then stitched back up. Bulliard remained alive and in agony until the next day when she finally died. Yeah. Most likely because of the digestive chemicals leaking into right, her ab- yeah, exactly. abdominal cavity. Yeah. Thoreau next claimed that he had the ability of resurrection. He ordered his followers to remove Bulliard's uterus and saw off a portion of her skull so that he could ejaculate into her brain and bring her back to life. However, when she didn't resurrect, Thoreau insisted Thoreau instead ordered his followers to bury her body on the grounds of the commune. But first, he removed one of her ribs and kept it in a leather case around his neck. Then in November of 1988, another member of the commune, Gabrielle Lavely, complained that she had a toothache. Thoreau responded by ripping out a number of her teeth with pliers. Later that night, he chased her with a knife and cut the tendon of one of her hands. In July of 1989, Thoreau impaled Lavely's hand on the kitchen table after she complained of stiffness in the hand. He then decided he needed to amputate Lavely's arm. He grabbed a meat cleaver and hacked her arm off. She lay in agony on the kitchen floor until the stump was stitched up the following morning. On the 16th of August, Lavely managed to escape from the commune. She hitchhiked to a hospital north of Toronto and the disturbing truth of the commune was finally laid bare. Thoreau pleaded guilty to three counts of aggravated assault and one count of unlawfully causing bodily harm. He received 12 years in prison. However, another member of the cult then led authorities to the body of Bulliard. Thoreau subsequently pleaded guilty to second-degree murder and was sentenced to life in prison without the possibility of parole until... Good, good, yeah. Without the possibility of parole until 2000. In February of 2011... Thoreau was stabbed to death by his cellmate. Good. Mm-hmm. Good. And that yeah. is how the story of the Anhill Kids ends. I didn't like that. No. What the fuck did you read to us? Yeah, that was upset. <laughs> I told you it was... That's crazy that that's real. Yeah. Like that happened. And it yeah. went on for like... Years. Yeah, yeah, over a decade. Yeah. You're welcome. Yeah, I appreciate it, I guess. Oof. I, I wanted to talk about a cult that... I didn't know anything about. Mm. And you found the most gruesome one and went, that's the one? Well, I found that one. And I thought, well, I've never heard of that before. So I started reading it. I was like, oh, I'll do this one. And then as I started doing research, I'd already committed time to it. Right. I found all that and I'm like, Jesus. Oh my God. What the fuck? I don't know if your content warning was strong enough at the beginning. Yeah. That was intense. That was good. That was very interesting. Yeah. Yeah. But that was... Deeply upsetting. And a lot. Did they do anything to the cellmate? It didn't say. Mm. Should have let him out. Right, yeah. Well, I imagine... (laughs) Good behavior. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you figure here in the the States, anybody who messes with kids or... Yeah, anything with those kind right. of crimes are does not bear well does in, not bear well in prisons and they're normally segregated to a separate portion of the yeah. prison because things like that tend to happen and I'm assuming that that's kind of what happened up there Maybe. and knowing Roach's uh, 
background background and his temperament mm-hmm. he probably got a little mouthy and yeah started trying to pull some power plays yeah, yeah. started sprouting off some who knows what some who knows what wisdom. and yeah. that somebody was probably like dude you need to shut up before yeah. i kick your ass and when he did i bet you the guy was probably trying to sleep i had a shiv I say, I bet, bet you his cellmate was trying to sleep, and he just kept preaching about how he's the son of God and how he, need, you know, what he's gonna do when he gets yeah. out of here. And I've been like, listening to it for a while, and every time he was talking, he's probably just, mm-hmm. just sharpening that mm-hmm. shiv. sharpening that shiv until one night couldn't he's take it rubbing, anymore. Rubbing that toothbrush on toothbrush on the brick wall mm-hmm. <laughs> until one night he couldn't take it anymore. <laughs> Makes me think of uh, was it from Breaking, Breaking Bad, Bad, where he sets the sixty seconds. Yeah. And what, like eleven guys? Yeah, get killed. In that two was seconds. a tag Hoyer Monaco. Mm-hmm. It was the watch. I love those brands. Was that two or three prisons? <clears throat> two different prisons. Yeah. Yeah, because one of them. Ooh. Yeah, I think it's three. Yeah. Because they push one guy over the stairs, and they're like wearing blue jumpsuits. Yeah. And the ones were wearing orange, orange. Yeah. and the ones were. Maybe it's not red. orange. It is orange. Orange. Anyways. Yeah. We trailed off, but that was a really interesting story. That was, if not, yeah, it was upsetting. Yeah, but uh, but I'm glad I know that because, well, I'm not happy that it happened. <laughs> yeah, I'm not like, but like, man, I could have gone my whole life and <laughs> you know, but it is something like, hmm, I guess humankind, people are monsters. yeah, people can do stuff like that. Yeah, I'm scared of ghosts and everything, but what scares me more is people. People, people, people terrify me. The things we're yeah, the super, doing. Yeah, the supernatural doesn't really freak me out that much because I don't really believe it. It's it's people because that we've, we know that happened. Mm-hmm. I'm not scarier than a door closing on its own. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> no, it is. I don't know. I'd rather my bedroom door open on its own than be a part of that. I don't know if I'm laying in bed and it feels like someone crawls in with me and the mattress dips. I promise you, you would rather that happen <laughs> than that. Well, I didn't say that. But. <laughs> no, I didn't. You were like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. If my door opened, I might be thinking, I wish I was a part of the anthill kids. I didn't say that. <laughs> anyway, do you two loudmouths have anything left you want to send in? Um, I, I hope all the survivors got the help they needed. Yeah. yeah. Um, There's therapy. No shit. Yeah, I don't think you... I mean, you don't get over that. You don't know. You, you're like, you you're can't gonna get over You're going to need prosthetics. They're lost toes. Yeah, losing toes and... Yeah, a hand. Mm-hmm. A whole arm. A whole, yeah, a whole arm. Jesus. A monster. Well, if you want to keep up with the latest about <laughs> the show... <laughs> no, good, no good way out of this. No good way out of this, so I'm just going to segue over here. If you want to keep up with the latest about the show and get a hint about next week's episode, follow us on Facebook and Instagram at A Couple of Creeps. And if you would like to get in touch with us to tell us your own creepy tales or suggest topics for us to check out, you can email us at a couplecreeps at gmail.com. That's the letter A, couplecreeps at gmail.com. We'd love to hear it. Wouldn't we, boys? We would. We would. Yeah. Like I, that's all I can think about. Yeah, me too. Me too. I'll stay up at night, <laughs> yeah, waiting, just staring at the ceiling, just. Now, Chris, you might enjoy this coming week's episode. However, I have geared it more towards 
Colin over here. Mm. Next week's episode, we're going to talk about women who kill their husbands. <laughs> Jesus. Dun, dun, dun. It's going to be a very immersive experience. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Con, you Con, ready? I'll remember like, you for who you were. It's not, like for the, who you were <laughs> not for who you are. It's like the menu, you know? This is going to be the greatest podcast of your life. <laughs> this is going to be the last one. Yeah. Like, hmm? Hmm? So, you better prepare yourself. I guess. I don't know how to prepare myself for that. <laughs> With a bulletproof vest? Yeah, I was going to say armor. <laughs> a helmet? What the fuck's going on? <laughs> armor and a stun gun, I guess. Keep you at bay. <laughs> anyway, we hope you guys have an amazing week. We can't wait to talk at you next Sunday. And as always, stay creepy, my friends. <laughs>